world is becoming more unglued by the day. Local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to redpills.tv slash patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash patriot. And secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv slash patriot. The global financial system is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions. and We have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, I invest in gold and silver and there's no reason why you should not either. My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900 or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. Controlled America, the no bullshit bearer of doom and gloom, opium free broadcast. Most important hour of your day. And good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. My name is Josh. That is Vince Tagliavia. This is the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose. We're live with you Monday through Thursday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. This is where we bring you the unfolding global conspiracy. And, uh, yeah, we had a little hiccup. I was, we were looking up a story. I'm like, oh, yeah, hold on. Let me check it out real quick and uh, completely blanked. But if you're new to the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose... Um, well, this is where we talk about what's happening in the world, geopolitically, socially, culturally, uh, militaristically. This is where we talk about what is happening to humanity with this infiltration of our society, of our culture, um, the destruction of what we know of as a way of life, uh, the removal of our peace, our freedom, our liberty. You know, if we didn't have these people who were hell-bent on destroying everything, the world would finally know peace. And I think that's the truth of the matter right there. 
I guys, I hope you had a great time with Vince the last few days. I was driving across country, so um, I had uh, I was driving, so I was driving across country, and Vince and Andrea filled in, and they did a fantastic job. Yeah, yeah we're so glad you're back, though, dude. How was your trip? Trip was all right. The trip was all right. We got stuck in that uh, that that thunderstorm that stretched across the United States. I don't know if you guys saw that. We figured, but that was pretty interesting. Got stuck in that thunderstorm. Um, torrential downpours in the middle of the night. You know, you just get behind a Mack truck and and point and pray. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, no, we had a great time. And uh, oh, that's not right. Had a great time. And, oh, there we go. That's much better. I'm looking at my browser window, and we're trying. I'm trying to get it adjusted here. But um, yeah, had a great time. Me and the kids uh, out in New York with family. Saw some good friends that hadn't seen in a long time. So just absolutely fantastic uh, mini vacation, I guess, if you want to call it a vacation. You know, Busy ass vacation. Yeah. <laughs> vacations typically involve relaxation. So there's absolutely none of that for me. But dude, well, certainly glad to have you back, man. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to do the show by yourself now. So. <laughs> it's it's easier said than done. I'll tell you what, and having the Joshpedia there to reference makes a world of difference. <laughs> I, I can imagine. I, I, I'm going through all the news and stories that I'm talking to the Red Pill family, and I'm thinking, you know, what would Josh think about this? And I don't know because I don't have access to this wealth of information that you keep hidden in your skull. So <laughs> certainly excited to get through the show today and close out the week and get right into the weekend with uh, Fringe and, and whatnot. Yeah, and you know. Just continue forth yeah you know i had a lot of great conversations we did a meet and greet for the dark delight show mm. at mortalis brewery which uh was awesome a whole bunch of people showed up we had a great time there um got to talk to a lot of people you know it, a lot of the people i ran into was quite interesting by the way it, it didn't matter who they were politically affiliated everybody is seeing what's happening and everybody understands what's happening and people are kind of asking questions now which is really interesting Yes. Beautiful. It's pretty blatantly apparent. I'm glad people are waking up. Yeah. I feel you, man. And then what else was there? There was something else I was going to say on that. Oh, you know, and and then talking with people, you know, I, I do a show called DEFCON 5 with James Grunville, Grunville and uh, with on American Media Periscope. And it broadcasts Thursday and Fridays around this time. And, um, Great show. I absolutely love it. But today we had a guest, and he was a nice guy. PhD, Harvard, Yale, wrote for Forbes magazine, now writes for the Epoch Times. Um, and a good dude, really good dude, and, and had a really good geopolitical analysis of what's happening in the world between China, Russia, um, and the centralization of power of what they're doing. But I had kind of done my, my monologue before he came on, and he goes, uh, he goes, you know, I, before we get started, I just want to say... And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, um, I've I've been jabbed twice. I had the AstraZeneca vaccine, and then I got the booster shot, and I feel just fantastic. And all this stuff about this vaccine, and and how you guys call it the death jab, and how it makes our military vulnerable is absolute fantasy, and it's just a joke. And you guys really need that. And I'm just whoa, 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 dude. Like, and then I kind of get into some details, and I see James kind of signaling to me like, hey, no, let's like let's move on, right? Yeah, and so I understood that I wasn't supposed to spend much time on it, but you know, when when you're Man. when you're confronted like that, especially on a show, you know, yeah. there's a few things to keep in mind. Number one thing is you say, look, 
Luke Montanay, the Dr. Luke Montanay, who just passed away, was a Nobel laureate who discovered AIDS. Okay, you have Dr. Robert Malone, who is the founder of the mRNA vaccine and holds the patents for it. You have Gert Vandenbosch, who is the number one person in the world on vaccinology and virology. Okay, he's worked for Merck. He's worked for um, the the German government. He's worked for uh, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. All of these people are the ones who blew the whistle and warned people, telling them, hey, this isn't good. There's something known as antibody-dependent enhancements. You have multiple doctors that come forth. Then you got people, <coughs> excuse me, you got whistleblowers from the medical community, like the DOD whistleblowers that came about through what's known as Project Salus. Project Salus was a five-year uh, military health assessment where they went in and basically monitored the health for five years of our soldiers, our sailors, our airmen, and guardians. Okay. And what they noticed is that in 2020, or uh, yeah, in late 2020 and early 2021, there was a improbable uptick in the amount of various different diseases and illnesses, including cancers, deaths, strokes, and heart attacks. And when I say improbable, you're, you're talking 300 percent, a thousand percent, two hundred, two thousand nine hundred and seventy percent. Okay. That this was so big that they even testified in front of the Senate with Ron Johnson as uh, the the committeeman hearing this. Then you have people like Lieutenant Colonel um, Long, who was a Fort Rutger whistleblower, who came forth calling out the vaccine, saying it was making our military vulnerable. So, you know, I I realized what was happening when it was going on. And and I was we were limited on time for the show and I didn't want to get into too many details. It's not the. It's not the right nature to go out there and confront a guest on those things. But I told him I'll send him all this evidence if he wants to see it. But, you know, I, I, I have a feeling he might be watching tonight. And if he is, I highly just recommend that before people speak pertaining to certain issues, especially issues that are a, a, a matter of public opinion, have your facts straight. Go out there and know what you're talking about before you talk about it. I have a family friend who's very, very similar to this. Oh, yeah. Trump's a bad dude. Oh, Trump is Trump is a horrible. He's a racist, and and he he's uh he supports the KKK. I'm like, well, are you are you talking about the the South Carolina? Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the quote on the border where he called all immigrants, you know, Classic. rapists and murderers. And I'm like, that that's not what he said. He's like, yes, it is. And he sends me the CNN articles, and I go, well, here's the actual speech. Fast forward to these point times. Now go ahead and listen to it. Oh, that doesn't yeah. make a difference. I'm not going to waste my time. And then he got yeah. he got on me about the vaccine, right? Mm. Yeah, I agree that people need to be careful, especially even us. Mm-hmm. I get emotional over certain things, especially as it pertains to me personally. And it turns out when things are emotionally fueled, a lot of times people find themselves jumping to conclusions or having a preconceived notion on the thing, and they could be dead wrong. I've yeah. been there. I know this is true. Yeah. And, you know, then he'll go on me and the vaccine and he'll do the same thing. He'll send everything pertaining to um, he'll start sending everything pertaining to CNN, MSNBC. Oh, the vaccine, the vaccine, the vaccine. And I'll send him CDC publications, articles. I will send him NIH documents. I'll send him Pfizer documents. I'll highlight the areas. Oh, well, you're not a medical professional, so you uh, 
So you don't get to say that, you know, you don't get to, <laughs> to look at that evidence. But you do. Like, I can gain an opinion. I mean, I, I, I understand these things at a very, very high degree. I can go out there and look at these things and understand them. It, it doesn't That's... take a PhD to go out there, read a fucking document, and understand that it's saying, hey, this might kill you. Or and, this is dude, killing people. That reminds me of what uh, Vladimir Putin said in a speech recently, which was basically, if you're anybody who has any type of thinking power, this is all very obvious of what is going on. If you can read and critically think, it's right there. And so there's nothing wrong with an average Joe like me going and reading a scientific study in a scientific paper and trying to discern what the heck's going on to the best of my ability. I don't care how complicated it is. That's how you learn. That's how you grow. We have to stick our nose in the books. 100%. It looks like I was like, wait, nobody's chatting. But it looks like our chat is, uh, our chat, the one we and you monitor, is only picking up um, Facebook. So hi, Facebook. But it's not picking up anything else. So if I don't see your comments, I apologize. Uh, my chat is only picking up Facebook, and I have right. no idea even how to well, change it. But that's okay. I'm, I'm highlighting the uh, Battle of the Streams pertinent comments there for you. Perfect. Well, we have the Battle of the Streams going on. That's a way that you guys can go on out there and help support us. That is through DLive. Fa- uh, nope, not on Facebook yet. DLive, Pilled, and Rumble. Much appreciated to everybody who supports us through those ways. It definitely does make a difference. You guys are absolutely awesome. Much appreciated. Battle of the Streams is or Battle of the Streams is basically make a donation and, and we pick a winner every night. So you guys are awesome. But let's let's get on with this. Let's let's look at what the news and the events are of this week. Oh, look at this. The Georgia Guidestones destroyed. Yeah, this story was really blowing up this week. Now, I, I've seen a a, a frame by frame analysis of this. And this is where it gets really interesting. If you look at that part right there, right before it explodes, see how that's a light right there. Okay? Right there in the left-hand corner, that's a street light. Right. See how the light illuminates? Oh, yeah. Big time. So the only time that you're going to have light illuminate like that is when you have a high potential of static electricity in the area. Basically what happened, or an electromagnetic pulse. So think about it in the sense that something electromagnetic passed by the copper in the wires towards the light and produced an increase in current, which made the light go boop, boop, which tells you this was not a bomb. This was not an explosive device. It was not a rocket-propelled grenade or a shoulder-propelled grenade, okay? This was, and if you watch the explosion, um, it, it's very, very clear that this was not any type of incendiary device. Yeah, and the aftermath as well. There's no soot. There's no fire. There's no blackened granite. Also, I noticed um, the fashion at which the debris blew around was very kind of direct, directed in a certain path. That seemed odd to me, but not an explosive expert. Those frame by frame views though right holy smokes right well let's take a look at this video this is them tearing it down now one thing i want you to notice about this video if you see right on top here you see that main rock and how it's broken right there yeah that's the that's the contact point of what hit it oh from above 
So it came from above and hit it. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Because... There's only two things in the world that I know of right now that could produce that type of damage. Lightning or a directed energy weapon. And so the rumor is that this was a directed energy weapon. Now, I've, I've, I've heard this theory earlier. I don't disagree with it because there's really no way to disprove it. Okay. Although if it was a directed energy weapon, you would expect to see a massive amount more damage. Because okay. It, yes. Right. So if it this was is a, what I thought with the uh, rods of God theory as well. Right. And so if it was a directed energy weapon, basically a beam, a laser shot from space to that area, you would expect to see um, massive more damage. But uh, I mean, isn't it possible they could have maybe a, a vastly reduced, um, I guess, like a targeted type style weaponry um, for minor damage, precision attacks? They absolutely could. Now, the reason I say it could be a directed energy weapon, and we can't rule it out, there was a thunderstorm in that area. There was mm-hmm. lightning strikes. They did record lightning strikes and said that this was a lightning strike. But as you know, these directed energy weapons will go under that curtain is that they'll shoot them during those thunderstorms. They utilize it as coverage. So it very well could be a directed energy weapon. I'm not going to rule that out. Um, but it's interesting that it happened on George Washington's birthday. Uh, George Bush. George Bush. Sorry, George Bush's 76th birthday. It happened four days or two days, two days after July 4th. So we've got some fireworks. And it's crazy that it struck the Georgia Guidestones. I yeah. mean... You know, your odds of getting struck by lightning are like one in 177 million. And, you know, it can it can strike anything, but it typically doesn't strike things that are resistant to electrical current, like concrete, which concrete's resistant to electrical current. So, I don't know. That's uh, People are saying it's like, a, it's like an act of God, and maybe it is. Maybe it was all the general mental consciousness of people coming together hating those things, just despising them that produced that storm that took them out. It very well could be. I agree. I hope oh. we get a lot more information. Plus uh, the uh, time capsule buried underneath isn't just another part of the mystery. I hope that uh, we get to see. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, it wasn't supposed to be open for another, what, 20 years or something. They never put a date to open it. They it was left blank in the uh, engraving on the uh, stone. So hmm. that's odd. That's another odd thing, man. This is just a mysterious, mysterious. Thing. I hope I hope we get to hear more about it. That'd be pretty cool. Our economically and. We look at where we are economically, and we are in a strong. Uh, we are stronger economically than we have been uh, in history. When you. Uh huh. We are stronger economically than we have been in history. You know, I would love to be paid $200,000 a year to get up in front of news reporters and just talk out my ass. They just talk absolute garbage. Oh, we're the strongest nation in the world, and uh, we're, we're stronger economically than any other time before in history. And, oh, Joe Biden's doing great. He's the best president ever, and these people are nuts. Yeah. 
ridiculous, and it can't be farther from the truth. Well, they're lunatics. Uh, and speaking of lunatics, we have Shifty Shift, Lid, Little Adam Shifty Shift. Breaking news, Adam Schiff files an amendment to the National Defense Authorization Act that could conceal any information collected by the U.S. military for use in congressional investigations or court proceedings. Massive attempted cover-up of enormous proportions and preemptive power grab to prevent GOP oversight for the next six years. And there was some great comments on... Oops, I hate Twitter. I My thing just came in and said, uh, sign in. Uh-oh. Oh, wow. But um, Julie Kelly commented on this. Think yeah. about what this means. Defense Secretary Austin can decline any requests for materials related to the deadly Afghanistan resolve, woke policies, vaccine mandates and injuries, and January 6th among other issues. For example, GOP committees would be prevented from examining the military's role in the events of January 6th, including the use of assets before on that day, as well as the use of intelligence services such as NCIS, which we know were part of the investigatory process. What are they trying to hide? I'll tell you what they're trying to hide. <laughs> I, I know exactly why they did this. Cover-ups galore. Dude, they can't hide from the truth, I tell you what. Well, there was, that was February 3rd. If you remember, Ron Johnson had just sent another letter, an updated letter, to Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin. Reminding him, this was the original letter right here, Okay. And this is what I was talking about for that gentleman. If you go check out. Uh, on January 24th, 2022, I held a round, te- round table featuring world-renowned doctors and medical experts who shared their perspectives on COVID-19 vaccine efficacy and safety and the overall response to the pandemic. At the roundtable, I heard testimony from Thomas Renz, an attorney who is representing three Department of Defense whistleblowers, who revealed disturbing information regarding dramatic increases in medical diagnosis among military personnel. The concern is that the increase may be related to the COVID-19 vaccines that our servicemen and women have been mandated to take. Based on the data from the Defense Medical Epidemiological Database, DMED, Rents reported that these whistleblowers found a significant increase in registered diagnosis on DMED for miscarriages, cancer, and many other medical conditions in 2021 compared to the five-year average from 2016 to 2020. For example, at the roundtable, Rents stated the registered diagnosis for neurological issues increased 10 times from a five-year average of 82,000 to 863,000 in 2021. There are also increases of registered diagnosis in 2021 for the following medical condition. 2,181% increase in hypertension. Uh, 1,048% increase in diseases of the nervous system. 894% increase in malignant neoplasms of the esophagus. Uh, 680% increase in multiple sclerosis. 624% malignant neoplasms of the digested organs. Uh, 551% of Guillain-Barre syndrome. 487% uh, increase in breast cancer, 487% increase in demyelinating, uh, uh, malignant neoplasms of the thyroid and other endocrine glands, 474% increase, female infertility up 472%, pulmonary embolism, 468%, migraines, 452%, ovarian dysfunction, 437%, testicular cancer, 369% increase, uh, tachycardia, 302% increase. And so... This is what happens. I request you provide the following information. Is the DOD aware of this and have uh, registered diagnosis of myocarditis? Has DMED been removed from the database? 
of January 2021 to December 2021. Please provide this information as soon as possible. Well, the Secretary of Defense never provided that information. And so this is what they're trying to do, is they're trying to cover up this information of what the DOD can release in a civilian account and be basically held responsible to Congress for. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be really interesting, especially if it passes the House and the Senate. I don't think that's going to pass the Senate. There's no way. But, uh, you know, if they ever get full power and control, you know darn well that they're going to go for that. Oh, yeah, they're going to cover it all up. I mean, that's their plan, obviously. Yep. Just a matter of how or if they will succeed. Yep. Chuck Grassley today. Uh, to the Honorable Merrick Garland and Christopher Ray, the director of the FBI, um, and, and Honorable David Weiss, U.S. State Attorney, District of Delaware, um, on June 27, 2022, the Washington Examiner reported that Joe Biden may have unwittingly financed Hunter Biden's participation in an escort ring tied to Russia. According to the article on this, January 2, 2019, Hunter Biden exchanged text messages with Eva, short for Moreva, who served as a go-between for the reported escorts. The article noted that Joe Biden committed the wiring Hunter Biden approximately $100,000 from December 2018 through January 2019. The Washington Examiner revealed Hunter Biden sent, spent approximately $30,000 on escorts between November 18 and March 19. According to the report, evidence of the spending is based on Wells Fargo wire reports, Zelly receipts, PayPal notices, and pictures of cashiers' checks. Many of the escorts used the RU email address in one text exchange. Eva Hunter Biden reportedly uh, wrote that the email with RU flags wires. He then reportedly texted the money that he tried to wire was too much red flag for bank. It report indicated that Hunter Biden received the account information for the wire transfer. He texted Eva that it um, what got my accounts frozen reviewed by the bank. He said to Julia, I'll give her the cash. Anyways, they're calling for the investigation of this. Do you think it's actually going to happen? That's the question. What do you think, Vince? Do you think this is going to happen? I hope everything comes to light eventually. Maybe yeah. this one might skirt past for a little while. Everything's going to be avoided for as long as possible. But I think eventually the truth prevails. I agree. Eventually the truth will prevail and God will win. Right? God will win. But before that, we have to go through this dark the light transition we have to bring that which is in the darkness out into the light and we have to drag it by its balls out from the shadows and as that happens the world is going to be reconstructed the world is going to fall down to its knees it's going to reset the reset the great reset is happening whether you want it to or not with that being said the dollar collapse top indian cement producer pays for russian coal using the chinese long India's largest cement maker, Ultra Tech, maneuvered its way from using the U.S. dollar by using China's Wong in a $26 million Russian coal deal. This was according to the Indian Customs document revealed by Reuters. Ultra Tech Cement is bringing in 157,000 tons of coal from SUE Key, one of the world's largest integrated energy companies with mining, heat, power generating, and logistic assets in Russia. The cargo was loaded on the bulk carrier MV Mangas. From Russia's port in Vanino, as per the document, it cites the invoice dated June 5th. Many relation, many nations relying on coal, Russian coal, and other oil commodities are trying to adjust to find ways without breaking the sanctions. Most recent coal deal with Russia 
could support Beijing's efforts to internationalize the Wang currency and dispute the ruling dominance of the U.S. dollar in worldwide trade. This could also help out Russia from its effects of over 10,000 sanctions currently imposed by the West on Moscow. And even though the dollar is doing well, it's not a good sign, is it? It's not a good sign. And Trump knew this. I think that's why during Trump's presidency, he kept the dollar value relatively low. This helped international business and this helped the economy Mm -hmm. overall. Now we see the dollar doing okay nowadays, but we see stories like this, which is an indicator that people aren't using the dollar. This is the destruction of the dollar as we know it. I, I, I agree with you. And, you know, crypto is going to keep on getting hammered. We have crypto exchanges out there, basically limiting transactions, shutting down transactions. Uh, mm-hmm. Crypto is going to stabilize. I've said this in my crypto mastermind. Said crypto price will stabilize for a time being, uh, particularly uh, until about August time frame. And then I think it'll have a nice big dip and then a skyrocket upwards towards the November time. But, um, yeah, we're, we're in the midst of the Great Reset. And what comes out of that is a point of vulnerability for the world. And people have the ability to go out there and reshape the world, be the change that you wish to see. And people have the ability to reshape the world to which they want it. And we have Italian farmers are now rising up to protest in, in Rome. We are not slaves. We are farmers. We can't, uh, we can't even make ends meet. And this is some video footage of that right there. And that's not anywhere. Uh, that's not everywhere. That's, that's not the only place. German farmers are also rising up. Dutch, Italian, Polish, and German. This is growing into a global movement. Farmers all throughout Europe, all around the world, are waking up to what is happening. They're pissed off. They can't produce. If they can't produce, they can't feed their families. If they can't feed their families, then the whole world food supply goes kerplunk. And that's what people like Bill Gates and the Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum truly want, is they want the world to be in a crisis situation because in the midst of the crisis, then you can implement anything that you really want to do. And that's what they're moving this world to right now is this point of vulnerability to where there's this transitional shift. And we're seeing it here in the United States of America as well. <clears throat> Big time. I wish we would see a little bit more protests uh in North America, again, well, U.S. and Canada should be standing up at the same time. I agree, but it's not bad. Things aren't bad. That's why. Things have to get bad. You People have to be hungry, homeless, poor. Things have to get bad before people stand up. And in America, you know, we are... We've had many, many years of preparation to where things really aren't that bad. We're noticing the effects. And we understand that uh, within just a few weeks that those those points of preparation are going to wear down severely and things are going to get incredibly bad for people, especially when you start having economic decline and people start losing their jobs. That's when people will get out there and start protesting. But, you know, I expected more in the protests for the Supreme Court ruling, but we didn't see anything. Isn't that odd? We're not seeing a lot of in the way of protesting in the United States. And I think it's the exact reason you said it's people don't feel the pain. I think that a lot of the change that we're going to see globally is going to come from less stable nations, smaller nations, uh, like we see in Sri Lanka and other places now. Yeah. Uh, which is a good thing, but also, I guess it's just the way it is. I don't know. Well, if you remember, we one thing that we've been covering since the inception of this, we've been covering this since August 2020, when the first 
fertilizer plant was blown up in Yemen, and everybody's like, "Oh, yeah. terrorist attack or whatever." That was a fertilizer plant that Huge supplied, explosion. yeah, that supplied fertilizer to that whole region. And then we started seeing fires all around the United States. We started seeing fires in California, which were taking out factories. And then this last about nine months, we started noticing uptick. In Wasu County in Wisconsin, we've had three fires at three different food processing and manufacturing and distribution facilities. Uh, the total number were up to about 108 various facilities globally, or not globally, just in the United States alone, that pertain to oil, gas refinement, production, distribution, and food in, in food production, manufacturing, distribution. Um, and then today, just today, did we hear about this one? Energy Transfer National Gas Pipeline Explodes Near Houston. Another one. Yep, wow. another one. Energy Transfer Natural Gas Transmission Pipeline exploded on Thursday, sending off a two-hour fire in rural area in the west edge of Houston, according to state and local officials. And they haven't been able to assess the damages or anything like that. But, you know, here's the thing is they come out and say, oh, it was faulty equipment or this equipment overloaded. That's a cyber attack. If that equipment is networked in any way, shape, or form into a computer system which automates that piece of equipment, guess what? It's being hacked. And this most likely is a hack. Now, I, I heard someone say to me that this is the White Hats. This is the White Hats taking down this. And I, I disagree with that statement. Um, it, it, there's just no evidence to support that. This doesn't benefit White Hats by basically taking out the energy and the food supply in the United States of America. What that does is that hurts Americans. So, ah, man. I agree, with, I agree with you there. I don't see that being the case at all. Yeah doesn't make sense. It's very immoral if that's the case. I'd be a little bit worried. Agreed. A judge in Uruguay has prohibited COVID vaccines for children under the age of 13, ordering the government to publish all vaccine purchase contracts and inform of any potentially harmful ingredients as the protesters chant freedom, freedom, freedom. All right. I'm going to go over here. I'm going to pick up this guy. We're going to go in here. As a reminder, guys, tonight uh, we have the After Dark Chats rescheduled from Tuesday. So After Dark Chat, that's 9 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That is a Zoom with the information we shared on the Social Red Pill. And so you have to be a member of the Social Red Pill, whether it's a subscription or whatnot. Just join the Social Red Pill and you'll get access to that. Uh, D-Jacker is celebrating an eight-month subscription streak. Thank you so much, D-Jacker. Uh, Al Gorbachev just followed us. Thank you so much, Al Gorbachev, or AI Gorbachev, or maybe that's Al Gorbachev. Um, LED just donated uh, an ice cream. Karen Harris 7 gifted a can. Hi, Karen. And thank you so much, Allie. Enlightened Science just donated one ice cream. Thank you so much, Enlightened Science. Run Derrett, one ice cream. Thank you so much, Run Derrett. RPG 3573, two ice creams. Thank you so much, RPG. And Nathaniel Barber Shop gifted five one-month subscriptions to users in the channel. Thank you so much, Nathaniel. All of you guys are awesome. Much appreciated for all the donations. Um, on another note, we're talking about food crisis. And I want to bring this up because I think this is incredibly important. But as you can see right here, save up to 33% ends today. All American food sale probably made in the USA. Uh, this is from My Patriot Supply. That's not what I wanted to do. Right there. 
Um, they have up to uh, save up to 33% right now on my, my Patriot Supply. So if you go on over there, that's redpills.tv slash Patriot to help give us credit here to this channel. Um, you can you can get your highly discounted um, food that lasts up to 25 years on the shelf. Absolutely awesome stuff. I got boxes of it sitting right in here. And so I highly recommend if you can go in there and you are preparing to go check them out. Save up to 33%. The sale ends at midnight tonight. So uh, if you're on the East Coast, get on over there. And uh, the hidden immune feature may have spread, spared unvaccinated people from COVID-19 infections. Oh, I I love this. This is is ridiculously hilarious. It's an antidote in the immune system. A team of researchers from the University of Gothenburg have just taken another step towards understanding how the immune system develops resistance against COVID-19. For six months, the researchers at the University of Shalgrenska Academy investigated 156 employees from five primary care health facilities who were recruited during April and May 2020. None of the employees had been vaccinated against COVID-19. The majority of them had to work with infected patients on a daily basis during the height of the pandemic. They identified the IgA immunoglobulin A in the respiratory tracts of several of the personnel who didn't catch COVID-19, which could mean they had an antidote in their immune systems all this time. These antibodies are found naturally in mucous membrane secretions in the airway and gastrointestinal tract, where they protect the body by binding to viruses and other invading organisms. COVID-19, an infection caused by the SARS-CoV-2 virus, by the, the, the Chinese and American manipulation of a traditional COVID virus, um, has claimed the lives of more than 6 million people since the start of the pandemic in early 2020. In fact, some researchers say the true numbers of lice loft could be somewhere near 18.2 million. Um, we have IgA, said Christine Wenneras, professor of clinical bacteriology at Selagrenska Academy, University of Gothenburg, and senior physician at Selagrenska University Hospital, who's part of the research team. It's found on our mucous membranes, and COVID-19 is an infection that spreads via those memories. We thought it was important to investigate what happened when completely healthy people encountered the coronavirus before vaccines became available. One of the participants in the study, none of whom contacted COVID-19, required hospitalization. A lot of other research has concerned the most seriously ill patients who have been hospitalized and in need of intensive care. So this is interesting because, you know, the same thing happens when you get a cold or flu. Yeah, and it's kind of what we've been saying when we're listening to the experts who aren't misleading. Um, that your immune systems are designed for this and to just mm-hmm. be healthy, live your normal life, breathe the fresh air, don't be scared, don't let fear crash your system and get through it. Well, I wonder what happens to the immunoglobin A when you take the jab. I'd like to see that study. I would too. I bet uh, I bet it gets blocked by autobody, uh, antibody-dependent enhancements. I'd be willing to put money on that myself. Yep. So yeah, just... Yeah. We knew this. This is my point. This is why I was like... We did. (laughs) FDA is likely to approve clinical trials for pig-to-human organ transplants. You know, it's it's interesting because they can sit there and grow human organs on other animals. Why, Why are we taking pig organs and putting them in human beings? Didn't they just do that with a heart? Yeah. And the guy died after like a week? Yeah, he died a miserable death. It was a huge failure. And now they're saying that they want to uh, make this a commonality. It's really creepy and gross. Um, you know, it, it's pretty sad, the lack of, of knowledge base within the current medical industry. Because, you know, 
And the FDA. Yeah. Well, we talked about this Friday night on Fringe, is that you have various biorhythms, and they are imprinted within your DNA. And that this is one of the reasons why when you have uh, tr- people who have transplants, is you can put that heart into somebody new, and that person's going to start feeling and thinking very similar to that person who had that heart before, to the point where they'll remember family names, they'll remember events, because... You know, those memories and stuff like that is imprinted within that genetic yeah. frequency of that I've person. Heard, I've heard people will even acquire the taste for certain foods that that mm-hmm. person enjoyed and things like that. Really interesting phenomenon. Yeah. But, you know, what it comes down to is that biologically, um, it, we shouldn't be filled with another person or another animal's body parts because they can harm us more than they can do good. And I also believe that it doesn't truly allow that person to die. That's my opinion, is that when those organs of one person are given to another person, that that person can't um, really truly die and and go and live off. I think that that body needs to to truly die uh, in order for that person, because a piece of that person is existent within that heart, right? If you think about the DNA biorhythms, the the frequency that that DNA is picking up, now it is still alive and it's in someone else, so it's still been picked up at some degree. yeah. So, so I, am, I am not an organ donor. I'm not either. I'm keeping all mine. I'm keeping all mine. That's right. Taking them to the grave. Mm-hmm. I might uh, need those in the afterlife. Yeah. Thinking of visiting. And by the way, you know, the Egyptians actually preserved those organs. Mummies. Within mummies, those organs were actually preserved within jars because they did believe that they needed them. So, well, all right. Attention, so this is, thank you for visiting San Francisco. This is from our good friend, Art Taking Back. And the Tire Extinguishers, and there's their website, tireextinguishers.com. Attention, you gas guzzler kills. We have deflated one or more of your tires. You'll be angry, but don't take it personally. It's not you, it's your car. We did this because driving around urban areas in your massive vehicle has huge consequences for others. Car companies try to convince us we need massive cars, but SUVs and 4x4s are a disaster to our climate. SUVs are the second largest cause of the global rise in carbon dioxide emissions over the past decade, more than the entire aviation industry. The world is facing a climate emergency, according to the UN, blah, 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 blah. So now we have these progressive um, climate change activists getting out there and deflating tires. Um, They're blocking roadways. Uh, Next, they're going to be at the gas station. They're gluing their hands to things. They glue their hands to the pavement and get ripped off and they cry like little babies. I saw one too where they glued their hands to, uh, I think it was a Da Vinci, uh, the frame of a Da Vinci painting just next to the painting as well. And they just start protesting. They like gluing their hands to things. I did it at Starbucks a couple times as well. Ridiculous. These people are radical. Scary. Yep. I just turned off my monitor. Give me a second for it to reboot. There it is. Okay. That was bad. All right. Speaking of petroleum and oil, this is from Greg Price on Twitter. This past April, the Biden administration sold 950,000 gallons, barrels, of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to a Chinese gas company that that a private equity firm co-founded by Hunter Biden owns a $1.7 billion stake. Yes. And so the actual article right here, petroleum, uh, Biden sold... A million barrels from the U.S. Strategic Petroleum Reserve, the China-owned gas giant, 
And so Biden's energy department in April announced the sale of 950,000 barrels of strategic petroleum reserve. The trading arm of the China Petro Company, uh, Petrochemical Corporation, that company, which is commonly known as Sinopec, which is wholly owned by the Chinese government. The Biden administration claimed that the move would address the plain Americans are feeling at the pump and help lower energy costs. More than 5 million barrels of oil released from the U.S. emergency reserves, however, were sent overseas last month. So I don't know how that helps Americans there. Turner also said that the decision highlights the Biden family's relationship with China. Biden's son, Hunter Biden, is tied to Sinopec. In 2015, the private equity firm he co-founded bought $1.7 billion stake in Sinopec marketing. Sinopec went to enter negotiations to uh, purchase Gazprom in March, one month after the Biden administration sanctioned the Russian gas giant. Dude, that's that's, huge. Yeah, that's huge. He should be resigning like Boris right about now. Yeah, let's hear what uh, Tucker has to say about this. In this country, as American citizens who are born here and vote and pay taxes cannot afford to fuel their own cars, the Biden administration is selling off our emergency oil reserves to China. That's not an indictable offense. It's certainly an impeachable one. And they should impeach him for that. So, yeah, he should be impeached for this. He should go to jail for this. This is not the first time that he's done this. Remember Afghanistan? Remember the lithium batteries? Yeah. His son's company was set to make billions off of the U.S. leaving Afghanistan abruptly and not following the actual plan. And China moved right in, and that company took over all lithium mining immediately after they left. And it was one of Hunter Biden's companies. Now this. They're so corrupt and owned by China, it's not even funny. They should be out immediately. Yeah. That's why the Biden crime family is trending. Well, uh, they'll get what's coming to them. Listen. The, the universe has a set of rules and processes of how it operates. This is what it's meant by when God wins, is that you can only do evil for so long before it smacks you in the ass. Mm-hmm. And their time is done, man. I think that the Georgia Guidestones either being hit by the, D, uh, the, the dew or lightning was the first sign that things are about to get very, very interesting around here. Let's see some balance. Yep, we will. One scandal too many. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson resigns. And so whether it was his COVID policies, whether it was him partying with a whole bunch of other people, everybody else in his country is locked down uh, and wearing masks, and he wasn't, uh, doesn't matter. He is, that, he is though. done. He is stepping down. What do you think it is? Okay, so put it to put it into perspective, people that were with him at that party are the same people that are criticizing him and telling him to resign and actually forced him to resign by them resigning. Mm. So they're saying, you know, oh, he uh, didn't follow COVID protocols and he was at that party. Meanwhile, they were at that party too. I think that there's a scandal deeper than this. It could be the global genocide. It could be much, much more, but it's probably um, there. I think everyone's trying to save their ass in a way or trying to reposition in a more strategic way to benefit themselves not in a it's not an ethical move for the country or the betterment of the people or anything mm-hmm. uh with that said i think they'll just put in another crooked crony 
and continue forward. But I don't think it's going to be a good long-term solution because uh, none of these uh, tyrannical regimes, I think, are going to make it in the long term. I, I agree. I think they're going to be done here very, very shortly. Abbott and uh, the governor Abbott invokes invasion powers to return illegal immigrants to to, uh, to Mexico. Uh, governor Greg Abbott took an unprecedented step towards mitigating the border crisis on July 7th, issuing an executive order that directs state law enforcement officers to apprehend illegal immigrants and return them to Mexico at an international bridge. Um, this is what should happen on all border countries, border states. You know, g- good job, Abbott. And obviously it's a re-election year. You can understand why he's doing it. But still, you know, that's that's a good move. Very good. This is huge. This is needed to happen a long time ago. I'm glad it's happening, though. I agree. If you guys remember uh, Heather Rapone or Megan Rapone, um, this is this dumb bitch right here. uh, Lesbian, LGBTQ, atheist who shits on Mm. America at every level um, she can get. U.S. uh, Joe Biden awards Megan uh, Rapone, Rapone, whatever the hell you say her name, with the nation's highest honor for trashing her country. She's a champion for essential American truth. The Medal of Freedom Freedom is the highest civilian honor awarded to the U.S., usually given to those who have made exemplary contributions to the prosperity, values, and security of the United States, world peace, or other significant societal, public, or private endeavors. Uh, Rapinone receives the honor just a few days after declaring that overturning Roe vs. Wade was a violent onslaught on women's bodies while being completely unable to declare what a woman actually is. She's not a biologist. Um, I think it looks like Joe Biden sniffed her when he put the... Are you playing a video? No. I think he sniffed her. He probably did. Well, (laughs) but you know... If you remember Barack Obama, you remember when he was giving all the Medal of Freedoms to all oh. of his buddies, Weinstein and yeah. all those, Tom Hanks. Yes. It's the same thing. It's like, hey, you did good for supporting the agenda. Here's an award. Exactly. It's it's a big slap in the face and a F you. Yep. And uh yeah, it's um I think symbolic in that way. I think you're absolutely right. Just like a just like um Hussein. Yeah. You know, They'll always say that you're a uh, you're you're a result. Your actions are a result of the company you keep, and so does Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham and Richard Bl- Senator Blumenthal popped by Kiev to meet Zelensky. We count on the support of Congress to issue the supplying modern air defense systems that we must ensure such a level of security in the sky that our people aren't afraid to live in Ukraine. And look at I mean I mean, you know, in a war-torn country that's being invaded by Russia. Look hmm. at how smiley they are. Look like no bulletproof vests or anything. Not like they're going to Afghanistan or anything, right? Look at this. Yeah, I mean, dude. they're just hanging out, having a good old time. Lindsay Trader Graham over there. We have Nazi Zelensky and they even oh, they even got these uh yeah, they even got everything all framed, the resolution all framed. We put it in the frame for you. You know, we had time to come here to Kiev. We we enjoyed, uh, you know, the, the dime of the American taxpayer flying us out here. We flew in a civilian airliner. We landed in Kiev, no problem. I mean, with those Russians, I mean, they're about to take over all of Ukraine, apparently. Yeah, what a scam. It is a scam. Crooked. Pfizer has classified nearly every severe adverse reaction. 
during COVID vaccine trials as not related to the shot. Pfizer's clinical trial data, which started getting released on June 1st by the FDA as part of a lawsuit and quarter to disclosure schedule, revealed that the company classified nearly every severe adverse event that occurred as being not related to the shots. The 80,000-page document pile from Pfizer includes an extensive set of case report forms, CFRs, from the company's Phase three trials, which were conducted at various locations throughout the United States. The CFRs included in this month's documents contain often vague explanations of specific symptoms experienced by the trial participants, writes Michael Navarakadetis, uh, PhD, the defender, the project, uh, the, uh, project uh, the project of uh, Children's Health Defense. They also reveal a trend of classifying almost all the adverse events, and in particular severe adverse events, as not being related to the vaccine. In one instance, a woman in her 50s who participated in the Pfizer clinical trial at the Sterling Research Group in Cincinnati, Ohio, died of apparent myocardial infarction on November 4, 2020, after receiving two injections two months prior. The patient had a medical history of chronic uh, obstructive pulmonary disease, hypertension, hyperthyroidism, osteoarthritis of the knees, and attention deficit order. Her death was listed as not related to the vaccine and was instead attributed to hypertensive cardiovascular disease. Another female of roughly the same age, out of Cincinnati, died of cardiac arrest on October 21st, 2020, after getting the shots in the month prior. Her death was categorized as not related to the injections as it occurred two months after the last receipt, the study agent. A mid-60s male who participated in the Texas-based Ventavia Research Group trial got jabbed in August 2020 and died in November 2020 from apparent myocardial infarction. His death was blamed on failed cardiac stent and pneumonia attributed to undisclosed infection. The fully injected teenage female who was diagnosed with right lower extremity deep vein thrombosis on November 15, 2020, was hospitalized for a serious condition and later died, only to have Pfizer list the cause of death as a fracture. Um, a male in his mid-70s who was jabbed around the same time and quickly developed abdominal adhesions, altered mental status and acute hypoxic respiratory failure, later died from congestion of heart failure. His death was blamed by Pfizer on a prior surgery. Another male, roughly the same age, had a boss and received the Pfizer injections and developed pneumonia and peripheral edema. He later died after being hospitalized from pneumonia, only to have his death attributed by Pfizer to existing neuropathy. During the hospitalization of pneumonia, his blood pressure was measured as high as 179 over 72 with a heart rate reaching 102 beats per minute and oxygen saturation level that fell to 92. In total, he had three emergency room visits during the observation period. On and on the list goes with patients after patient clearly dying from the jabs, but not being categorized as such in Pfizer's trial results. This is what you call fraud, and it's what Pfizer engaged in to participate in and profit from Operation Warp Speed. Arrest them all. You're fucking war criminals. That's right, Karen. They're fucking war criminals. These people need to be... They need to be arrested, prosecuted once the evidence comes out and they're they're committed by a, a they're convicted by a jury of their peers and then executed. It's likely if that is to occur that it will be executions. Um, yeah, especially in the United States. Yep. Israeli government hid childhood vaccine injuries during the covid jab approval process. Raw data, raw data compiled by Professor Mati Berkowitz, director of the Clinical Pharmacology and Toxicology Unit at Asaf 
Haref Hospital, Shamir, reveals that children ages 5 to 11 experience twice as many adverse reactions on average compared to the children 12 to 17 age group. The injury rate of young children is even higher when compared to teenagers, says Dr. Shiraz, Yafa Shiraz, the, the health and risk communication researcher at the University of Hafia um, and Reichman University. Based on the date, children 5 to 11 are up to six times more likely than teens to suffer from the jab. Very sad news. And yep. of course, they have a focal point on the children now, especially here in the States. You know, but one thing is good is we're seeing all these judges out there overruling all these vaccine mandates. We've seen quite yeah. a few of them come out already. I think there's. Yeah, LA County right, had yeah. a big one. LA County judge uh, rules that LAUSD can't enforce COVID vaccine mandate for students age 12 oh. plus. Oh, you. Yep. This is good. So there are these small wins. I think people are waking up. Mm-hmm. I see people too. I got two jabs. I'm not getting any more. What the hell is going on? Type. Uh, yeah. People. But then, then you get those people that are in just complete denial, like that gentleman I had on today. I mean, he has obviously not looked at any of the information. It's so sad. I just saw somebody in my neck of the woods over here in Seattle make a post. They said an old woman was carried out of our building today. Uh, just a month ago, she was really abusing everybody and telling everybody they need to get jabbed. Hmm. They carried her out on a body bag. So sad. 60. Ouch. I wonder what happened to her. Probably myocarditis or one of the yeah. common side effects of the jab. Cardiac I would guess. Overload. They're yeah. not jabbed! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we joke because uh, yeah. if not, we'll cry. So. <laughs> Dr. Robert Malone says the FDA and, C, uh, FDA and CDC have been compromised and the vax spike is a toxin. This was uh, some audio from it. I'm oh, not going to play the 23 minutes, but, you know, Robert Malone is critical here because this is the man who invented the mRNA technology. He says that the spike protein being utilized in these vaccines is a toxin. It's a bioweapon. Okay. It's meant to kill you or disrupt your health so severely that you cannot function like a normal human being. Yeah. And if anybody knows, it's him, which is why he's attacked so much by the fake news. Yep. And, you know, we're we're seeing a lot of stuff ramping up between Russia and China. Uh, We talked about it a little bit last week. Uh, between with Russia and China, between the NATO nations, we yeah. have uh, Sweden and Finland obviously going to be entering NATO, which that is a no go for Russia, which is most likely going to turn this war kinetic between NATO and Russia. Other than and the proxy that's going on between Ukraine, go ahead. The timeline on that is to uh, be happening right around the U.S. midterms as well. So mm-hmm. just heads up, just coincidence. Wow, my timeline, huh? The yeah. timeline I've been talking about. But uh, now top Russian officials call for return of Alaska in a certain bizarre threat. Threats invoking nuclear rhetoric out of Russia appear to be uh, picking up again. At a moment, Washington continues to ramp up weapons shipments to Ukraine's military and as Biden administration is pledging the back efforts to charge Russian officials before an international criminal court. As we detailed earlier, this is Zero Hedge, former Russian President Dmitry Mendevev 
and current Deputy Secretary of Russian Security Council warned the wrath of God if the U.S. leads efforts to establish an international tribunal for investigating Russian war crimes in Ukraine. The idea of punishing a country that has one of the largest nuclear potentials is absurd and potentially poses a threat to the existence of humanity. Uh, but another top official's threatening words are also grabbing headlines. Given how unusual the statement is, Russia's lower house speaker, um, Yakoslav Yolodin, suggested that Alaska could be the targeted by Russia next in a scenario of continued U.S. provocations. He essentially said that Russia could take it back as Alaska previously belonged to Russia. That would make me incredibly sad. Look at the mess we've got ourselves into. Look at the mess that... Uh, Donald Trump and Joe Biden got us into it. And I say Donald Trump because he raised $250 million for, for a criminal defense against a voter fraud. And, and what happened? What happened to that money? What happened to the people's money that he took to go out there to fight the folks election? I don't know. It's a very good question. Mm, it is a very good question. And by not fighting, it, hey, what if it is part of the plan? Maybe it is. Maybe it is. And if it is, great. We move forward from that point. But the other question comes about is, I'm not waiting for 2024. Something's happening, okay? We're taking our country back. We're not going to do another two years of Joe Biden. I understand what number 17 says, but you have to tell the, you have to show the people you can't tell them. But this is getting way out of control. We're talking about World War III breaking out here. We're talking about the destruction of everything that we know and love. We're talking yeah. about our family members, our friends, uh, you know, people we know, our neighbors, dying right now in a war, a bio war that mm -hmm. nobody is even saying anything about at that level. Yeah, and then their land getting claimed by another country. Yeah. Our land. Yep, and then, you know, the other person is Joe Biden because he's obviously perpetuating it. He's allowing it to happen. He's, he's creating it to happen because he doesn't work for the people of the United States of America. He works for the corporations, the globalists. He works for the international oligarchies. He works for the World Economic Forum. He works for the New World Order. He works for Hunter in China. Yeah. Putin says that the West wants to defeat Russia on the battlefield. Let them try. Vladimir Putin on Thursday challenged the West to try to defeat Russia on the battlefield. Uh, delivering one of the strongest speeches since he sent troops to Ukraine in February, Putin also raged against totalitarian liberalism that he said was the West has sought to impose on the entire world. He's not wrong. Today we hear that they want to defeat us in the battlefield. Well, what can you say here? Let them try, Putin told senior lawmakers on the 134th day of Russia's offensive in Ukraine. He accused the collective West of unleashing a war in Ukraine and said Russia's intervention in the pro-Western country marked the beginning of a shift to a multipolar world. The process cannot be stopped, he added. He also warned Kiev and its Western allies that Moscow has not even started its military campaign in Ukraine in earnest. Everyone should know that we have not even started at the same time, we're not refusing the whole peace negotiation, but those who are refusing should know that it'll be harder to come to an agreement with us at a later stage. Putin said most countries did not want to follow the Western model of totalitarian liberalism and the hypocritical double standards. People in most countries do not want such a life and such a future. They are simply tired of kneeling, humiliating themselves in front of those considered themselves exceptional. And, and this kind of falls hand in hand with everything we've been saying, that Trump went out there, made deals with the Saudis, the Chinese, the Russians, 
India, and multiple other countries. And that they've all agreed to step up and take on the oligarchical, totalitarian, techno-fascist New World Order. And I'm telling you, this is what Putin's talking about right now. He doesn't seem too scared, does he? Nope. Joe Biden... Good. Almost like there's a plan. Almost like there's a plan. And what did he say? The process has already started. What process, Putin? The plan. The plan where they basically take back the world. I mean, I think that's what's going on here. I'm not saying Putin and Xi Jinping are good guys, because they're absolutely not. But I think that they want to save their power. I think that they want to save their asses, and they don't want some oligarchy controlling the world anymore. Yeah, they want to see their countries prosper. I think that's the difference between them and and uh, Joe Biden, the Biden crime family today. Yep. Joe Biden will hold talks with Saudi Arabia's controversial Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salam, but only as part of a larger delegation when the U.S. president visits the oil-rich nation next week. The president will sit down on the bilateral meetings with King Salam and his leadership team. As you know, the Crown Prince is on the leadership team. So certainly the president will be seeing the Crown Prince in the context of a larger bilateral discussion. He's going to talk about oil production. Well, why doesn't he just sell them strategic oil barrels from the U.S. reserves? I mean, that just makes sense. Yeah, and they can I'll sell see. that back to America at a profit. <laughs> he would do something like that as long as Biden, as long as uh, Junior gives him 10% or Hunter. Um, Mark my words, though. I have a feeling something's going to come out of that. I have uh, that's what I was about to say. I think something's going to happen to Joe Biden there. Oh, shit. Because they've gone back and forth on this kind of thing already, and now he's actually going there, uh, and he's the worst negotiator ever. And uh, Well, uh, I'm not worried about that. I'm just saying he's going into the hornet's den. you got to remember, Saudi Arabia is working with Russia and China right now, not following Western sanctions. That Saudi Arabia basically last month told Joe Biden to fuck off. Right? And so I have a feeling that Saudi, you got to remember, the people in Saudi Arabia, there's different rules and laws in Saudi Arabia for people. And they treat people a lot differently other than when they come to your country. And so, I don't know. I have a feeling that something happens to Joe Biden when he goes there. Not saying I'm not saying he's going to be, you know, assassinated, right? But I'm just saying that something bad could happen to Joe Biden there. Well, well, we'll have to wait for that to break. Nope. Noted. Automobile industry officials from Iran, Russia, and Turkey are considering joint car design and manufacture after sanctions on Moscow and Tehran put the brakes on production. There is great possibility of a tripartite cooperation between car manufacturers and suppliers in the three countries. Uh, the three countries can capture a large market of their products. Um, they could also target a population of at least 800 million if neighboring regions are included. Events, can you name me one car manufacturer? One type of vehicle that's made in Iran, Turkey, or Russia? No. Me either. And so, I don't know. I, I don't think that's going to go too well for them. Oh, really? Well, we'll see. Well, who knows? Maybe we'll all They have to figure out a way to service the majority of the globe, which is under their umbrella alliance that they've created. People are so. now buying Tygoons, so who knows what's going to happen, right? What is that? Uh, it's a European car. Taiwan, uh. Tygoons. Okay, I don't know anything about that. Is that like yeah. uh, Saab? I think uh, the Volkswagen bottom. But uh, looming food shortages are not an accident. They're part of a planned globalist reset the table initiative. Um, 
Yeah, this is the phrase reset the table, by the way, sounds eerily similar to the Great Reset. It turns out that the former is one component of the latter as the plan is to reset everything, including the global economy. When the Rockefeller Foundation first announced Reset the Table initiative, it was unknown by the masses what the catalyst would be. Now we can clearly see that it was a Wuhan coronavirus pandemic, which had just begun at the time, followed by Russia's invasion of Ukraine earlier this year. And if you remember, the Rockefeller Foundation came out with that great report in 2010, basically talking about everything that's happening right now. The Reset the Table document explains how the pandemic caused a hunger and nutrition crisis in the United States that was unlike any this country had seen in generations. Keep in mind that when this was stated, the pandemic had only been around for a brief time. There were not yet any shipping backlogs or supply chain issues, suggesting the Rockefeller Foundation jumped the gun and revealed too early what it knew was going to happen in the months and years to follow. The report also notes that it grew out of video conference discussions in May and June 2020, so we're out to believe that two months into the pandemic, these prophetic minds already had the future all figured out. Further explains the great dame india about the suspicious nature of the report and uh yeah this is guys there's there's famine coming the great famine is coming there is going to be food energy crises at the same time of a global economic collapse and the breakout of world war three why the breakout of world war three because all able-bodied men now go overseas which makes all the women and children here back in the United States of America incredibly more vulnerable. Yeah, that's the writing on the wall. Prepare now because it happened. It could happen very quickly. Yep. Um, so. Yep, and then the UN has deleted the article praising the benefits of world hunger. Uh, the article entitled The Benefits of World Hunger, published by the United Nations, went viral on social media Wednesday, with many users expressing shock and disbelief over the inhumane, inhumane claims made uh, in it. Facing the uproar, the organization took it down on Thursday. The now-deleted piece, written back in 2008 by a professor in the Department of Political Science at the University of Hawaii, George Kent, explains how hunger serves as a foundation of wealth and how it is beneficial to the world economy. Uh, it reads something like this cruel satire. We sometimes talk about hunger in the world as if it were a scourge that all of us want to see abolished, viewing it as comparable with the plagues or AIDS. But the naive view presents us from coming to grips with what causes and sustains hunger. Hunger has great positive value to many people. and Indeed, it is fundamental to the working of the American economy, the world's economy. Hungry people are the most productive people, especially where there is a need for manual labor gross huh all right guys uh, I'll, I'll bring this back up again 33 percent off my patriot supply i'm telling you get prepared it's coming the sale ends today redpills.tv slash patriot up to 33 percent off on all american-made food as well as 150 dollars on its best seller the three-month emergency food supply much of the Southwest is turning into the Death Valley as Dust Bowl conditions return and water resources dry up. This is because uh, Lake Powell, Lake Mead are drying up. The Colorado River is drying up. Um, we're seeing it. it. It's hitting at home right now. And this is weather modification, weather manipulation that is being utilized to bring all this about. 
You think that the the farmers, they've been given orders to destroy crops, to destroy livestock. This is just going to continue and it's going to get worse. And now when you bring in the attacks on our infrastructure, our energy, I mean, is if only a year and a half ago, two years ago, someone had warned you all about this. Someone had said, hey, this is their plan. This is exactly what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. And this is the time frames they're going to do it in. Man, you guys would have been well prepared. Just saying. Yeah, dude. Firestorm event. Something interesting. The fourth turning comes to mind when I hear about the Dust Bowl. When was the last Dust Bowl? 1930 uh, to 1940. Yeah, 30s to 40s. And the, the the fourth turning for you don't for those who don't know out there. I actually just listened to an interview with uh-huh. uh, the remaining uh, author. There's two authors, Strauss and Allen. Um, and Strauss has passed away last year. But Tony Robbins actually brought him on and did an interview with him. And he talks about how they looked at the last 500-year Anglo-Saxon history and that they basically look at the generational attributes, basically, um, you know, Gen Xers, Boomers, so forth. Hmm. And he said that we want to think that this is something that is, um, you know, just unique to that individual generation, but it's not. It actually repeats every 90 years due to global events that occur every 90 years or in average around 80 to 90 years. And he keep on, he kept on talking to me. He said the American revolution, civil war, world war two, these are 90 years apart. And he goes, guess what we're in right now? We're in that 90 year time frame. It's happening all over again. And, and, you know, this goes to that quote that, um, weak men create hard times, hard times, create strong men, strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. Weak men create hard times, right? It's the same thing. It's just kind of the cyclic nature and mentality of humanity. But this time it's a little bit different. They're doing a lot of weird things this time around. Bioweapons reduce the population. They're hoping that what happens is, is that this whole world goes into this global collapse. And instead of hunger and everything like that, people are dying from immunocompromised conditions. And they can just blame it on the hunger. Right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I could totally see that. Because think about um, this. Is it, so think about why they're not looking into this now, okay? Because we have this bioweapon attack on, on the world population. And, and they're trying to keep it out of the news as much as possible. But they know that what's coming next is going to be much, much more severe. Loss of jobs, law, global economic collapse, social and cultural destabilization, political destabilization. We right. have, we have the, the food crisis, the energy crisis, World War Three. Think about how many people would die in that time frame. When that happens, it's going to surpass this event where all this other stuff will be forgot about because the amount of people yeah, dying yeah. during this time frame is going to massively increase. The reason it's oh, going to yeah. massively increase is because of the spike protein, because of the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll be able to blame 30 million on Russia, blame 30 million on the food crisis, blame a million on the riots. What a disaster. Um, and then they'll be able to rewrite history and cover That's it all right. up. And then they released their mosquitoes. Mosquitoes testing positive for rare deadly viruses in the U.S. months after Bill Gates released millions into the wild. And uh, people will start dying even more. But, you know, I'll tell you. The human body is incredibly resilient. And I think that what we're going to see is that the human body is going to evolve during this time and become stronger and stronger. Heck, yeah. True. I can see that. Very true. It's the way it works. And let's go here. Um, 
Yay! Donated uh, two ice creams. Thank you so much. Yay. Q Rogue eighty four oh one celebrating a one month sub streak. Q Rogue eighty four oh one one month sub streak. Thank you so much. Q Rogue eighty four oh one. Yay! Gifted a one month subscription to Climb BMX. Thank you so much. Yay! Uh, yay! Gifted a one month subscription to our Rec Films Montana. Thank you so much. Yay! Awesome. Yay! Appreciate it. Babaloo, God wins. They're done. Fifty dollars on Rumble. Thank you so much, Babaloo. Climb BMX gifted five one month subscriptions to users in the channel. Thank you so much, Climb. LAD donated one ice cream. Thank you so much, Ali. Jback, ten dollars. Much love to all. Truth and love prevails. God wins. Thank you so much, Jback. Long Shadow Sheev gifted a can. Hey Josh, will you give my wife Riss a shout out? She's a huge fan and listening now. Riss, what's up, Riss? How you doing? Welcome to Red Pill Project's Daily Dose. Thank you so much. Make sure you guys are on the social Red Pill, and we'll definitely give you some more shout-outs. So thank you so much, Long Shadow. Much appreciated. J-Back, $7. I need another drink. Ha-ha, <laughs> not really. Well, you know what? Welcome hey. to Gloom and Doom. <laughs> but uh, it looks like Rumble has won the night. Much appreciated, Rumble, and everybody else for all your donations. You guys are absolutely awesome. I'm happy to be back home. I'm happy to get back into this groove it's going to take me a few days, but I think we'll get it. Uh, join us for the Dark Delight show tomorrow morning as well as Morning Coffee. Then Conversations on the Fringe tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, we got Catherine O'Brien. If you guys don't know about MK Ultra, this is the episode. So MK Ultra with Catherine O'Brien. It's going to be a great episode. She's been on my good friend Mel K's show multiple times. I got a hold of her, invited her over here. Mel made the intro, so looking forward to getting her on. Uh, that's going to be on Conversations on the Fringe though tomorrow night, but it's definitely going to be a red pill night so check that out um other than that much love respect god got a q a today oh, we got a, oh yep oh yeah we got the uh, after dark chat tonight after dark chat tonight 11 p.m eastern 9 p.m central so an hour and 15 minutes from now you have to be a member of the social red pill so join the social red pill and you can jump in on that details to follow on the social red pill you'll get an email notification once you're signed up about that but uh anything else vince that's it, dude. Pleasure right. to have you back, and uh, we'll just keep it going. Tomorrow's Friday, so it'll be a lot of fun. See you all then. All right, guys. Good night. Much love. Take care.